Hello, this is Digital Accessibility, the people behind the progress. I'm Joe Walensky, the creator and host of this series. And as an accessibility professional myself, I find it very interesting as to how others have found their way into this profession. So let's meet one of those people right now and hear about their journey. All right. Well, welcome. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ashley first. Hi, Ashley. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I am in my home office uh, at Vashon Island near Seattle, uh, which is where Blink's headquarters are. And we're, we're just starting to get back into doing some uh, uh some office visits uh but still working from home mostly uh where are you talking to me from i'm talking to you from uh london uh, in the united kingdom we are still uh doing a bit of a mixture of office visits a lot of people still working from home uh very much a, a personal preference at the moment we are edging towards various freedoms uh somewhere near mid-july we're supposed to be a little bit more free but uh being safe up until that point. Being safe and healthy is very important. So, uh, well, I, you know, there are uh, a number of things that I thought we could talk about, but maybe a good place to start would be if you would, uh, could give a, like a brief description of uh, what you're doing today. Sure thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right now, as of today, my uh, my job title is head of interfaces, which is a broad and weird job title to describe the idea that I bring front-end developers, back-end developers, mobile developers, and designers together to solve problems effectively. And the problems we're solving are in the energy industry. So I work for Octopus Energy, who are an energy supplier in uh, in the UK. We did recently open up uh, in the US over in Texas uh, and a few other places uh, across the world. So my job is to try and make all of those experiences feel consistent, feel great, uh, feel seamless, and feel inclusive, importantly, as well, to make sure that everyone can kind of engage with the content and make sure everybody that works for us is aware of just how important that is. And uh, the, the thing that uh, ended up connecting me with you was your uh, book, Practical Web Inclusion and Accessibility. Uh, and uh, that's something that uh, we can talk about a little bit more later, but um, that's probably... Uh, related to the work that you're doing there as well, right? Oh, no doubt, yes, no, no doubt. It's the, the result of, of a lot of work that has gone in a lot of places that, uh, that perhaps didn't care about it as much as they should, and then helping to build a place that, that truly did. So yeah, that, it, that was the culmination of all of that, I think. Well, one of the things that I, I'm interested in in, in these uh, interviews that I'm doing here is just finding out how people found their way to the accessibility work that they're doing today. Uh, for many of us, it's not a straight path or one that we even knew we were on when we started it. But uh, it, why don't you talk a little bit, you know, kind of pick a starting point for your career, uh, you know, some of the highlights, uh, you know, of kind of where you started and, and what the progression uh, was that got you to where you are today. Sure. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I think probably one of the the most important starting points is when I didn't know about accessibility. To be honest with you, uh, I studied uh, in a place called Bournemouth in the south of England. 
Uh, nothing about my degree taught me about accessibility, unfortunately. Uh, we got the opportunity to learn a little bit about web design and development, game design and development, all of that great stuff, but there wasn't really anything that placed an emphasis on that, which looking back now is a real shame. And I know that there is work going in to try and make that better. But I came out into the industry, you know, me and, and a lot of colleagues uh, unaware of that as a general area and started working in an agency in central London, uh, which were had some great clients, you know, a lot of a lot of nice names, a lot of names that I knew and that I was excited to work on for various different uh, projects in, in various different time frames. But one thing that, that seemed quite consistent to me was the the pace at which everything was being built and the priorities those people had when they were building them so we would build a, a website for you know a well-known client and it had to be done in x amount of months and when that happens you can only throw so many people at it and decisions start being made about where that effort should be posted should it be you know to try and get an extra feature put in there is it to to make it work for a certain number of older browsers or anything like that and one thing that didn't really factor into that conversation is okay but you know what if what if somebody doesn't see the site what if they don't see the various colors of that site you know what if they don't navigate it with a with a mouse is it still possible is there anything that allows them to think about like that and i had started having a little bit of a look at that general area purely out of curiosity to be honest to kind of understand why there wasn't a conversation going on about these things because it, it's i mean you will know it's one of those threads you pull and it just keeps going and it keeps going and there is a a whole rabbit hole to explore um and it confused me a lot why that wasn't at the forefront of the conversations that were being had i was spending time making a website work for a browser that very few people still used it was usually the client themselves that had outdated computers you know your old ie8s and nines that needed to make sure that this website worked in a decent way and, and worked for them, but didn't give any emphasis to accessibility at all. And so it was that amongst a few other things that got me thinking that maybe my efforts were being put in the wrong place, to be honest with you. You know, it sounded good to have these names working uh, on your CV, but I didn't feel like I was building something I could be proud of. And, uh, you know, there was no good answer when somebody would say, well, why doesn't it work? in this way why couldn't it work in this way uh which was the start of a real frustration to me well yeah let's just kind of stop there for a second because you mentioned uh you know pulling the thread and 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 the rabbit hole and and certainly i think most of us that start to explore accessibility for the first time uh realize that ah, there's there's a lot that's already been discussed out there um but uh, but what exactly was it that you, you know, identified? Like, what were some of the resources that you identified at the time, and kind of what was your feeling as you started to, you know, find your way down that rabbit hole? Yeah, yeah, good question. Uh, I, I remember the first, the first tool that I properly had a look at was a series of do and don't posters that were made by the UK government. So we have something called the GDS, so the Government Digital Service that uh, by law are required to be accessible to a certain level, which is, is WCAG 2.1 at AA level. They, they have to ensure that all their journeys are 
are kind of that level. And after the Equality Act, a lot of effort went in there to ensure that they were getting to that point. And as part of that, they were sharing some of the experiences that they had had as they were going through these journeys. And they had created these series of posters and they were just really top level things. As you said, kind of each one of them, its own kind of cluster of things that you can then go and ask a thousand questions about. But it was the very first thing you could kind of pop them up on the walls and they would be there constantly. You would be working and it would tweak in your brain and you would go, okay, yeah, cool. I need to think about that. And like almost prompts that exist everywhere. And so from each one of those, it created an area, like a topic that I was like, okay, you know what, this week I'm going to go and find out everything I can about screen readers. You know, let, let me try Jaws for a bit and let me try what voiceover is and what's the difference between them. You know, let me try doing my job for a week just with a screen reader. Can I, can I get by? Can I, I learn what, what the deal is with that? Um, and other great things that they have from like going down that GDS kind of avenue was they, they have empathy labs in the UK as well, which allow you to kind of go and to the best of their ability, try and simulate some of these access needs, right? You can understand what it would be like to have a sensory deprivation or, you know, a visual impairment or something like that. You know, no, no absolute copy for, for the real thing, of course, but it's a, it's a starter. It's something that allows you to start going, oh, okay, yeah, um, I, I'm starting to, to really understand beyond like a, a persona profile, you know, where you try a hypothetical test and say, okay, you know, Jane is 25 and she has a visual impairment. Can I get through this journey? You start to go, okay, well, can I do that myself? Is that is that something that's at all possible? So um, I think those were the main things initially that had me going, okay, I need to understand. This is what one company is doing in one area because they have to. Let me understand a little bit more the people that are kind of going at this when they don't have to and the conversations that exist there and that led me to various meetups they hosted a lot of those so again it's a bit like the topics themselves you start with one area they are doing some other things they are doing things in another avenue you start to meet like-minded people you start to find other resources and it just kind of kept going from one to the other i would just hop around all of these various different areas and understand as much as i could uh, and meet people with those access needs to truly understand what it was that was causing causing those barriers between the content that should be so easy for them to, to kind of access online, given the platform that it's on, but is has reached a situation where they're being failed by the people that are building these things, unfortunately, sometimes without them even knowing. And uh, did you have uh, support from your the organization that you were working on at the time? I know that's an issue for people. I mean, a lot of us kind of get in just doing it because we want to learn ourselves, but it's always helpful if we we get support in the daily work that we, we do. Uh, how did it shake out for you? The the place I was at when I first started researching, I I did not have buy-in for sure. I was doing this on on my own time. I was kind of understanding this as much as I could in and around. I, of course, would have conversations with people, uh, you know, on client work, if that was product or project managers, if it was stakeholders, et cetera, to, to kind of say, we should probably have a look at, in this. But um, it wasn't until I joined the company that I'm at now, where we were starting from the ground up, you know, I was one of the first people in to try and set values that would stay with us through the whole time, right? And so really early on in that journey, I spoke to uh, our CEO, Greg, and said, hey, I I need to truly understand what this is. We wanted to be a tech first company. We wanted to provide solutions that were truly inclusive. And I didn't feel like even after doing the reading that I had done, I didn't feel equipped enough to, to kind of start building something 
without truly understanding the different avenues that people might engage with it. So I said to him, I need I need a bit of time. You know, everything that a CEO doesn't want to hear, you know, when we don't have a quote journey and we don't have any customers and we, we haven't signed anybody up. I said, I need I need about three weeks. I need to go away. I need to have a look at everything. There was no way I was going to get all of the knowledge in three months, but uh, three weeks. But I could understand enough of it initially to build something that I wouldn't look back on and regret. And to his credit, he was like, yeah, OK, we need to do it right. Let's see if we can build this into everything that we're doing so that we don't try and bolt it on or find a halfway solution with a third party down the line. Let's see if we can build something that's that's actually inclusive. And so I'm very thankful to that. It's it's amongst many of the other reasons why I'm still here, why I'm still trying to kind of push that along and why other people have have joined in many instances, you know, us as a supplier or us as a employer, because these are the things that, that matter to us. And we actually put the time in and it's the first time I've experienced that. And I'm very, very thankful that uh, that he was so understanding at that time because it's it's allowed it to to kind of to grow and be really one of the pillars of, of what we think is important right they're they're customers and they want to engage with us and they have the right to to do that in the way that they want to and and uh so then as you've moved forward uh you know working on different projects over or over time different organizations um have have you uh kind of come at it as uh like the one person in your organization working on it, like from a developer's perspective, or, you know, have you, uh, you know, he had designers, researchers also had a part of a team. It's different, you know, for different people, but sometimes, uh, sometimes developers uh, end up just having to do it at the end of the project because nothing else has happened before that and, and that's always an unfortunate uh situation but kind of what were your experiences in that area yeah it's an entirely fair point i think one of the first things that has always struck me going through this over the past few years is i've never met a developer that hasn't wanted to to make their sites accessible right not one to be honest with you that has gone no i've got no interest in it that people are completely willing to do it and they want to because developers are curious they want to kind of understand the various ways that people can connect with it the problem that we had was that certainly when i was looking before i uh, kind of started writing the book was that they were very technical guides and very long and lengthy guides to how to make things accessible we of course have a framework which is is great to have you know it's nice to have success criteria it's nice to be able to measure it against something but Let's not get it twisted. It's a, it's a very intense thing to try and engage with to begin with. I know if I hadn't found certain resources, I would have found it a lot harder to do that. And so having conversations with developers was a lot easier than having it with product managers or designers who, much like us, hadn't really had anything in their, their kind of teaching or their learning previous for it, but also didn't really have a resource like, like you know, WCAG and, and things like that to, to do something do something about it. And so this is what started formulating the idea in my mind is that it, I wanted to be that kind of initial accessibility champion and to be like the person that's willing to have those conversations and be someone you can go to. But ultimately that the company wouldn't need one because everybody would be one, right? That's the, the goal eventually, rather than having someone drive forward an issue that everybody would have bought into that issue and that everyone would be thinking about it when they do their work, because then it needs very little governing or kind of monitoring or auditing everyone is just involved and so i wanted to create a conversation that we could have that didn't feel difficult for different disciplines to engage with that you didn't need to understand coding 
to to get why it was important to you know to do the things that we were trying to do to understand at least at a basic level the barriers that people were coming across when they were engaging with content that we would look at proudly and say oh well this is a lovely website it's a really nice web page uh, without thinking uh, you know about this other almost forgotten area of the audience that, that we're just not getting a, an experience anywhere like something we thought we had built proudly for everybody else it was it was not inclusive so that that was probably my initial experience is one of enthusiasm from all of the developers and one of curiosity from all of the other parts of the business because they were hearing it for the first time truly it was the first time they'd heard about it the, you mentioned uh, the uh, 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 government regulations around uh, accessibility in the, in the United States. Uh, you know, we have uh, uh, a legal framework around that as well, uh, most of which is related to selling uh, digital products and services into the government. And, and then that can start at the federal level, but carry down state municipal level. Uh, but it, at least in the United States, uh, you know, outside of that, uh, it ends up that, that it's up to individual organizations to de decide, you know, how they how they want to approach that. Uh, in some situations, organizations uh, you want to make sure that they don't get into uh, lawsuits related to accessibility. But there are also a lot of organizations that understand the ROI of it and also understand uh that it just kind of fits the company and product culture that they want to have uh, how did how did it like how does it kind of sort out with the projects that you've worked on has it been more the stick versus the carrot or you know kind of what's been the balance in your experience it's a good question i mean i i'm biased of course to begin with so uh, i'll always say that it's the um it's the the stick side of things is that we, we didn't want to make something that wasn't going to be for everybody right and we we get a lot of messages uh and they're supposed to be nice messages and and there is an aspect of them that is is hugely nice to hear you know we receive messages from customers that say i haven't been able to manage my energy before now you know i've had a, a friend or a loved one do it because it's been terribly inaccessible i now feel like i can have control over this and I, I i'm very i'm very proud you know i feel i feel immensely proud to receive messages like that and then i think to myself should should someone have to choose us for that reason right like there are so many reasons that you might buy a product so many reasons that you might prefer one to the other but what we're talking about is like the basic ability to manage something that is essential on a day-to-day -day, right to, to kind of keep your energy bills and check and to make sure that you're able to submit readings and all of that stuff like i would i would want to see an industry where everybody has to adhere to that standard and then you choose a product based on the values that match yours i.e is it renewable is it the cheapest that it could be do they have great customer service these are all things that you know make a business a business and i can completely understand that each one has a better or worse at some of those things accessibility despite you said the kind of the roi thing you know that that is a very real thing you know it's it's a lot that can be contributed financially but 
I, I hate the idea that that it's something that you should that you have to sell into people, right? That you have to say, hey, look, look at, at what this can kind of benefit from your business. I understand there's there is a semblance of reality to that, but in my head, everyone should be at a basic level where people are able to engage with your product and then they choose whether their product is for you. The accessibility is not part of the product. It shouldn't be. It should just be there. And although you know we've been developing it for a while, we've been trying to talk to our competitors effectively in the market, the people around us, just to kind of share resources and share the book and kind of say, you know, how's about you have a, a look at this as well and you know everybody will get an opportunity to choose between a range of products based on what they like about your product and not whether they can actually get to your product that for me is is a real it feels like a very double-edged sword i love what we're doing uh but there's always a a drive to do or to kind of get other people to do that as well so that we are talking about a real level playing field because i think that's what the internet can provide is, is a, you know, a place where people can actually engage in a number of different ways to get to the same content and get an enjoyable experience online and then choose what they want. That's, that's the goal for me. So, yeah. And, and so uh, in the work that you're doing uh, now, kind of what's, uh, what's a day in the life or the week in the life related to uh, accessibility? What are some of the, the uh, topics or tasks that, that come up that you uh, get involved with? It's a good question. Well, I mean, so um, a big one is, is always still education, right? We, we're always growing as a company. And unfortunately, in the same way that I didn't kind of come here packaged with a lot of accessibility knowledge, we get a lot of people that still don't. And so there is a, there's always a worry of kind of creating an accessible website, leaving it to other developers and it accidentally, slowly but surely becoming inaccessible if you're not checking it in the same way and making sure that it's upholding the same standards that you set initially. So sharing that information with as many people as I can across the business, helping people understand that, making testing, not just kind of functional or kind of coding end-to-end -end testing be a thing, but actual accessibility testing. There are some fantastic tools that, ex uh, that exist now for devs and non-devs, you know, you can do it from a Chrome browser, you know, basic things like the wave checking and lighthouse checking, which is great and, and a lovely thing for a designer to check their color contrast themselves or a product manager to check, you know, what a, what something sounds like on a screen reader. That is lovely to see. And then some kind of continuous deployment checks so that they run on new pieces of code and make sure you haven't introduced anything that's inaccessible. That's a big thing for me is kind of making sure as my team grows that they all share that passion and have that knowledge so that they're not even inadvertently making the site less accessible than it than it was so i think teaching is a is a big big part of that um talking to other parts of the business so we have more and more clients working with us based on the things that we have done you know the products we've built and us extending to different parts of uh, of the world which is great but offers another kind of opportunity to chat to people initially you know that having the chance to work with octopus energy involves accessibility right from the start so when people come to visit us you know we talk about the benefits of the system and the operating model and the technology and that's great but oh you know also these things are accessible you know you can you can make sure you know we don't know about the current tools that you're using but you know respectfully there's a good chance they might not be accessible you're dealing with something right out of the box where not only can your customers engage with it if they have access needs or disabilities but the people that work for you if they have access needs or disabilities can work with this system you know can can do something like that so we're as focused on making sure that they 
can work with us as a company and do work from there, you know, to be a true equal opportunity employer to actually allow people to use our systems, not just make the content that we're putting online accessible, right? So I think it's a it's a mixture of advocacy, a mixture of teaching, a mixture of of kind of forever learning as well. You know, we've got this new kind of third version of, of WCAG that's coming out and understanding what that looks like. I really like that there is a whole different aspect of that that focuses entirely on proper user testing because of course you know these automated testers can get us to a certain point but actually engaging with people and having them test your products there's no substitute for it as, as you well know anyway so i love that there is something in there where you can't just run a test and the test says you're accessible and therefore you're accessible and that's great you get a big tick there everything's great you sit down with someone and say hey you know that might seem like it's totally accessible but if you actually if you listen to this or if you actually go through in this way there are some fundamental flaws with it so um i i'm a big fan of that so keeping an eye on what's moving forward but teaching everybody what they might not know when they first join or when they first start to work with us i'd say that is probably not a week well, not a week that's a, that's a, a multi-month job anyway uh, like an ongoing job that probably never ends but uh, that's where my huge focus is at the moment with accessibility I mentioned your book uh, at the start of our conversation, uh, Practical Web Inclusion and Accessibility. Um, I've written a few books. I know that it's a large commitment to uh, decide to get into something like that, but um, what, what was it for you? How did you decide you were going to uh, uh, sit down and put in the time to work through something like that? Well, I mean, first of all, if you've done a number of books, you are a far braver man than I am. Um, one is uh, was quite the task. So doing multiple is, is incredibly impressive. Um, I think it, it naturally evolved for me. I started writing for a couple of magazines just to kind of get some tutorials out there and say, hey, maybe you could check out this. You know, there's this technology that's come about. You should probably have a look to see whether your sites are inclusive. And that grew to features where I was kind of writing more about an opinion on the state of it at the time and how there perhaps isn't as much emphasis as there should be. And then, as we kind of mentioned a little bit before, starting to talk to people with different disciplines that maybe weren't into web development but didn't really know about accessibility. And I gave a talk at a... Uh, a conference in the UK called the Festival of Marketing, which is notoriously not a not a dev conference, right? It's it's filled with product and project managers and uh, you know various uh, designers and things like that. And I I got up and spoke for an hour about the fundamentals of accessibility, but had to do so in a way for for a totally different audience, an audience I'd never spoken to before. It made me question how to approach this whole topic but to do it in a way that was engaging. And so people would come afterwards and, and ask questions and be like, okay, I kind of know where I can get into. And this is actually really fascinating. You know, this is, a, is an excellent challenge because it is, it's a fascinating topic. There is so much to get into and so much to learn by, by kind of getting involved with accessibility. And so after doing that talk, uh, I ended up speaking to a publisher and they said, there isn't a book out here that's doing that at the moment. Um, it ended up being twice as big as I'd hoped it would be because much like the topic, it just kind of kept going and kept going, but they were, they were totally okay with that. And so I did that around my job. Uh, it took about 10, 11 months to do. It was a, an incredibly grueling affair, to be honest with you, like to, to kind of put all that together. And uh, I'm very thankful to, to Octopus where I work 
for, for supporting that really it, in the essence of like understanding that my brain would be in, in two places for a little bit of time. And um, I'm incredibly proud that it exists. The, the title was a bit of a mouthful, but I understand why uh, the publisher would want it to be a bit of a mouthful because uh, there is a lot about inclusivity and accessibility in there, but it now acts as this kind of conversation topic. As we kind of mentioned with all of the different companies, it is now something that a CEO of another company can pick up and start to read to understand the concept. A designer that comes to visit, uh, you know, a, a person that comes to interview Greg will end up talking about accessibility conversations that just wouldn't happen before, you know, just no one would get onto that topic perhaps initially or organically, but it's there and it starts to bring it into the fold every time. And so every time someone visits, they join and I'll happily talk about it for hours and hours. So that's no problem at all. So that is how it came about. Um, that is why it exists now and um, the, the response to it has been lovely. It's, it's really nice to see people get into the topic for the first time through what you've written down. It is by no means, uh, you know, a finished article because it's always a constant thing, right? It's always evolving. But uh, from that point in time, giving someone a, a starter and a basis, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm glad that it exists. Yeah, well, congratulations on, on doing that and contributing to the the knowledge share in this area. And, and uh, yeah, I think about accessibility as an iterative activity myself. There's just so much out there, but if you get frozen, it's better, it's better to just pick someplace to start. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree. Yeah, more. Everything you, we do is an improvement for somebody, which is one of the kind of enjoyable parts of this activity, I absolutely. think. Well, uh, thanks for taking this time to uh, chat with me uh, for this, and I'm, I'm sure everybody uh, listening and watching this will uh, appreciate it as well, and uh, good luck in uh, all of the rest of your accessibility efforts. Oh, thank you so much. It's been, a, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. Hi, I'm Joe Walensky, and as host of the Digital Accessibility Program, I like to keep the focus on our amazing guests. But I'm always excited about my role as Accessibility Director at Blink, the producer of this program, and I'd like to share that with you. Blink is the world's leader in evidence-driven design, and we work with a wide variety of clients. Founded in Seattle, we also have offices in Boston, New York, Austin, San Diego, and San Francisco. Our stated mission is to make technology human. Embracing inclusive design and accessibility brings all of us closer to that mission. We bring accessibility in every one of our projects. Our philosophy is that each of our practitioners should understand how accessibility applies to their own work. Accessibility is not a separate department or activity for us. Our researchers, designers, and developers all employ accessibility principles at every stage. If you have a need for research and design services, Blink is a partner with a full-time commitment to making your product or service accessible and a great experience for all of your customers. Some of the specific areas where we can help, using research to better understand the needs of your customers with disabilities, innovating to make sure your accessibility is the best in class design, we can move existing designs to development in a sprint. And maybe most importantly, we provide a turnkey transformation to an accessible site or app. Of course, compliance status is something that we always include as part of the service. 
If any of this is of interest, please get in touch with me directly at joe at blinkux.com. That's J-O-E at B-L-I-N-K-U-X dot com. Thank you. And please take a moment to rate our program in whatever app you use.